0: Welcome to the Mind and Body Strong podcast, a place for women to redefine their relationship with food and their body, tune into their inner wisdom, and become the best version of themselves. My name is Katie Pijanowski, and I'm an anti-diet and body image coach, certified personal trainer, and lover of all things travel, brunch, and personal growth. Join us each week as we share insightful conversations with guest experts, along with my own personal stories and teachings, that aim to help you reconnect your mind, body, and spirit while releasing old beliefs, dogma, and expectations that no longer serve you. Each episode is packed with nuggets of wisdom that are sure to leave you feeling inspired, challenged, and empowered to take action in your own life. Shy away from tough topics? No way. In this space, we welcome things including mental health, sex, diversity, eating disorders, weight stigma, and all that comes with having a human experience. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me, so grab a notebook, pen, and some headphones, and let's dive in. Welcome to the podcast again, Chelsea Meese. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. Yay, so excited. So for all my listeners, Chelsea Meese is one of my very good friends. She's a self-care boundaries coach and she's actually been on the podcast before. So she is coming back to share all her wisdom specifically around the topic of boundaries, which before we had Chelsea on before the pandemic hit. And now we've been in this whole different state of the world for almost two years now. And so, We really feel like this is the time to start bringing up this conversation again around boundaries. We're going into the holidays, we're going into the new year where we like might need these conversations to happen between friends and family, between workspaces. So Chelsea is a perfect person to have here for this conversation. So thanks for joining us.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to be able to talk about boundaries with you guys because like Katie said, before when I was on here, we like it was like a normal quote unquote world. And so I think a it lot of is that right when put normal me anymore. <laughs> But like I think a lot of people have kind of shifted and realized like we were living in a world where we didn't really have a lot of boundaries there wasn't a lot of personal space we kind of just we didn't set ourselves up or nor prioritize ourselves in a way that allowed us to avoid burnout that allowed us to set proper boundaries with those that are around us to where we can really truly honor who we are and so i'm really excited to dive into this topic with you guys cuz i find it to be very prevalent now as we are trying to figure out whatever this whole new normal may be
0: yes absolutely i love that you brought up that burnout right from the get-go because that was something when we first entered the pandemic and I was still working in a corporate job and I was now put in this position of working from home and being always like I work in my in my room my desk is in my room so nothing is really separate and so I found myself working all the time and being more into human design now I know like as a generator like a, a manifesting generator I always have energy but like using that energy on things without boundaries is actually really dangerous for me and I can head to burnout like super super fast so I think a lot of people probably have felt that and now now it's like now that we're basically in this new normal like what do we what do we do so I guess I guess where we could start is like defining like I guess the different types of boundaries does that sound like a good place to start what do you think Chelsea?
1: Yeah, let's go ahead and dive in. I think what you said about like how you're now working from home, I think that is a prime example of where we need to start with setting boundaries because a lot of people are really moving into the online space and their homes are now their workspaces. So before, like you said, there was this separation uh, between you and your workplace. And now it's kind of like, oh, I'm like listening in on a meeting while I'm making lunch. Like there's no real separation that's going on there. So I think when we dive into boundaries, let's talk about like what boundaries are and then we can dive into the types. Is that okay?
0: Amazing. Yes.
1: Sweet. So basically boundaries are the limits that you set Within yourself and with those around you for what you will and will not tolerate. So, I make sure to bring up that point because there are boundaries that you're able to set within yourself on what you're willing to do or what you need to like kind of stay away from in our habit building. But then there's also boundaries that you have to set with the people around you, including your friends, your family members, your job. And especially in this world where we're kind of blending that workplace with our personal life, it's really important to set those boundaries there because you can wake up and check emails and they'll come in all day and you can go to bed thinking about all the things you got to do, but you have to learn how to set that boundary on when you're going to shut it off because it serves no one. When you're burnt out, you have to be able to set those boundaries to where you're like, okay, this is my work time. This is my at home time for my friends, my family, my whatever. And you don't, you have to be able to kind of make that shift of setting that drawing that line in the sand of like, okay, I do get to work from home. This is a privilege and this is great that I have this flexibility, but it also comes with other great privileges, including the ability to set your time around what you personally need. So when it comes to the different types of boundaries, there's obviously rigid, lenient, and healthy boundaries that you have. So rigid boundaries are going to be those hard set boundaries of I'm cutting off my work at 5 p.m. and I'm no longer checking emails, I'm turning off my notifications. That would be an example of a rigid boundary. A lenient boundary is going to be more soft. And this is where we typically lean into and lead ourselves into burnout is because our boundaries are too soft. We're like, "Oh, I want to shut down at 5, but you catch yourself still working at 7:30." Or you're like, "I want to set this boundary with a family member for how they talk to me, but I still go around them all the time and I still don't like use my voice to communicate my boundaries. And we'll get to that in a little bit, but like when you're setting boundaries, there's rigid and lenient where you're either too hard or too soft, or there's healthy boundaries that are kind of in the middle. So of course there's going to be times where you want to shut off at five, but like there's a super important meeting that has to happen at six thirty. every now and then it's okay to like lean into the flexibility of what is needed from you. But having healthy boundaries and finding that balance is what I really, really to dive into with you guys, because in my practice, I focus on four pillars, body, mind, heart, and spirit. And within those you set within yourself, but you also set boundaries for those around you. So your body boundaries could be something like your personal space, physical touch, your sexual and intimacy boundaries with those around you. And I know as women, a lot of your listeners are women some of us have some lenient boundaries around our sexual activity. And it's important to understand where those boundaries are and where they are helpful versus harmful. Yeah, And I think that's key because when you think about your boundaries around your mind and what you consume and your thoughts and things like that, Everything plays a factor holistically in yourself. So I know that that's a lot to kind of like, just be like, oh, these are boundaries and these are the different kinds, but they are really important to recognize what is in bounds for you and what is out of bounds for you within yourself and within those around you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a lot a lot going on there, but we touched on the the body and the mind so far as far as breaking down like the different categories of like where we can find these boundaries. And I think for me, it's it's been really helpful to like just get really clear on what it is I, I want. And I think for me, whenever I'm frustrated with something, that's kind of probably where I need to look first on setting a boundary. Like if I'm getting frustrated about a certain situation or a career or a person that's probably a place I need to look at and be like, am I really being truly honest with myself about what I need in this this relationship, whether it be work or a friend? Would you agree Mm -hmm. with that?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Because the sheer fact that you're recognizing that is the most powerful part in setting boundaries, because you're aware of what needs to happen in triggers. Whenever you're triggered by something good, bad, ugly, whatever, whenever you're triggered by something, that's an indication to lean into that trigger because that's a that's kind of like a catapult for growth. You can either lean into that and grow, or you're going to like recognize it and you're going to repeat the same cycle over and over again. And so recognizing that is the starting point of being able to set boundaries. And so that's so amazing that you brought that up, Katie.
0: Yeah. I'm really glad that you touched on triggers Chelsea in that way, because I think oftentimes and triggers is kind of a like buzzword these days where we talk about triggers. I've heard it said before, actually more recently, to like, if that word bothers you, cause it's a buzzword to use activated, it's basically the same thing, but I'm glad that you brought in that perspective of like looking at that trigger as, or when you're activated as a point for growth, because those are really just mirrors back into yourself. And, and I've learned, even though they're frustrating and sometimes it's really hard to face those things. It's like, oh, okay, this, this is here for me for a reason. What is it within myself? That's actually bringing this up for me. And like, what can I do to help support my mind, body, heart, and, and soul towards this.
1: Yes. And I've, I've never heard of it called activated before. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to use that now because you're right. There is like this negative connotation around triggers. It's like, I think, especially being millennials, we were like, Oh, you get triggered and you need safe spaces. And it's not yeah. that at all. It's that it's the-
0: weaponized too. Like yeah. if you triggered me, it's your fault. And it's like, so, Oh no, that's not actually how this goes. It's mm-hmm. not someone else's fault that you were triggered. Right. Yeah. Like we shouldn't have to censor ourselves. Like, yeah, be a nice human, be sensitive to the populations around you. And like, you know, be educated about stuff, be open to like being wrong and getting it wrong, but also like your triggers are your problem.
1: Hmm. Exactly. you just made me think of a quote that I heard my mom's best friend told me this when I was younger. And she said, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Yeah. So that trigger, that (laughs) activation is that 10% what happens to you. And then what you do after that point is what's going to determine where you end up going from that. So like, let's say for instance, like let's use an actual trigger of something. So here, perfect example, (laughs) my first job ever. Was working at McDonald's, 15, 16 years old. Okay. And of course, like we have some young managers, whatever. I was a very overweight teenager when I was younger. And so I was about hundred pounds overweight. And at the time we had Kung Fu Panda toys as the happy meal toys. And I had had, I would say I'd had some issues with a certain manager before, but like overall, like I thought it was like joking or whatever. Well, he ended up making this joke comparing my body size, my body weight, what I looked like to Kung Fu Panda. And in that moment, immediately, I was like, I'm done. I walked out. I was 16 years old. I called my dad. I said, dad, I'm quitting. I'm walking out right now. And I'm not putting up with it anymore because we treat, we teach people how to treat us. And so in that moment, I was triggered. And I knew from that moment on, I will not be talked to that way. I will not work for someone who treats people that way. And it's, it's just unacceptable. So I was triggered in that moment. And yeah, that's very drastic. At 16 years old, obviously a McDonald's job didn't mean that much to me, but I've learned from that moment, what I will and will not tolerate in a workplace. I will not tolerate my manager talking shit about me. It will not happen and I won't do it. And so I will walk out of a job before I allow my boundaries to be infringed upon. And I think that's why when we talk about boundaries, like we think that there's some big thing like that. And no, it's it comes down to respect. When you respect yourself, you understand what you deserve and how you should be treated, and you teach people how to treat you. So in that moment, I tell him, You don't treat me that way. Come to find out, he's like a high school teacher, whatever. I don't know if that should be a thing, but he, he I'll be honest. He was a cool dude, but I think it was like, it overstepped my boundaries. And when we talk about in and out of bounds, he definitely overstepped that boundary. And I was triggered in that moment. There are other little things that you can be triggered about, such as like somebody saying something about your weight and you just kind of brushing it off. If you're a stranger where it comes into play is when it affects your day-to-day life. We spend a majority of our times at work. If you allow your employer to mistreat you, you will not you're not going to feel good. You're not going to want to be there. You're not going to be as productive as you could be. You're not going to set your soul on fire. And it doesn't help anyone in this situation to have people walk all over you and be so lenient in your boundaries.
0: Yeah. Amazing. And I, (laughs) I think that story and the fact that you were only 16 years old in that moment of just walking out and be like, I don't need to deal with this is such an amazing, empowering moment because someone like myself really struggled with boundaries because when I came up against triggers, my immediate response is to shut down and freeze. Mm -hmm. And I think you're like the fighter or you like, you're just like, all right, fuck it, (laughs) walk away, you know? And I'm very much the opposite. So it's been like a different experience for me to learn. I think the first piece for me is actually just defining what it is I want and how I want to be treated Mm -hmm. and, starting to build those like boundaries for myself. And then once I was comfortable with that, starting to like communicate that with people in my spaces and it's still something I, I work on all the time. And you, you've been a huge support system for me to continue (laughs) to do that.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, of course. And I think you just touched on something really important is that we as humans naturally have a fight, flight, or fawn response. Okay. So my response naturally is I'm not putting up with it. I'm leaving, but sometimes it is that, oh, I'm shutting down. And it used to very much so for me be that shutting down thing until I recognize what my needs, what my wants, what I will tolerate, what I won't. But I think when you bring that up, it's so important that like, not all boundaries are going to be the same. And so like what, how I handled that situation. Other people might not have handled that situation. Obviously circumstances are going to be different in those times. I think, in other circumstances, like I said, he had said things in the past and I had kind of like just taken it and I had kind of whatever. And I just drew the line at that point. But when it comes to being like our, we're naturally, our brains are wired for us to survive. So when we talk about boundaries, it's literally taking your modes of survival into account, respecting yourself and putting into place what you will or will not tolerate. And so in those moments, if you do shut down, that's not a negative thing. If you do, it's obviously a pause for reflection, but how you said that you kind of feel it differently. That's honestly, the first step is noticing in your body, what you do, what you're feeling. If you feel anxious, if you feel threatened, if you feel disrespected, if you feel icky on the inside. And a lot of times some, Well, I wouldn't say a lot of times, sometimes we're asked to do things that don't necessarily feel right for us that are out of bounds. And it's important to listen to that gut, to your intuition, especially as women and lean into that because nine times out of 10, if your gut says that it's bad, it's not going to turn out the way that you wanted, like that you thought it was going to be, it's going to be something where your body was like, Hey, I tried to tell you yeah, and you go through it anyway. So that was so key that you brought that up.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad that you shifted that to actually feeling it in your body because boundaries can, can definitely like, there's that logical piece of like understanding how to communicate that in a way that's effective and respectful. But then there's also this like first knowing in your body that this is like not okay for you. And like, Mm -hmm. what does that feel like? Like, where does that register within your body? What is the feeling like being more in touch with those things? Cause something that's been something over the past couple of years that I've been getting more intimate with myself because i lived most of my life being disconnected from that. And so first, my first step for me was to, to get more in my body. So I actually knew, oh, okay, this is what it feels like when someone says negative things about me, or this is what happens when I'm in an environment that I'm not comfortable in. And this is how it feels in my body. And this is what I need to do next. And I also appreciate the reflection on not feeling negative about your response to those things. Like if it's freeze fight, you know flee like all of those are totally okay and we can use that as like a jumping off point on like how do we want to handle that in the next moment
1: oh yeah can you possibly lean a little bit more into that and how you started to recognize these things in your body like maybe like the physical things that you felt or what you recognize because i know you're all about the body so like how do you how have you learned to set boundaries based off of how your body feels
0: i have learned And honestly, it's, it's taken a lot of not listening for me to like recognize. So I want to just point that out. Cause what used to happen for me is I would bulldozer through my life is how I like to describe it, which for me looked like pushing down all of my feelings and ignoring them until they just finally, your body is just going to be like, you're not fucking listening I'm going to make you physically sick. So you have to slow down Mm. and you have to listen to me and you have to do something differently. And so that's what used to happen to me. I don't typically get sick, but when I do, it's because I don't listen to my, my bodily signals to slow down and to let other, you know, know when I'm finished with certain things or step away from certain environments or people, when I just continue to show up in those things, I get physically ill. Mm. And so Because of those extremes that I've put myself through up until maybe two years ago, I am able to recognize, like, even right now, I'm actually in one of those places where I'm like, okay, I have to recognize that my body is telling me to slow down and to, like, stretch. Like, I can feel it in tightness across my chest, tightness on my neck, closed throat closed chest. That's usually what happens for me. Like I just start getting all this clenching within my body, which makes sense. Cause it's like bracing for impact almost. Yes. Yeah. And so I, my mind likes to fight that. And that's why I'm so much on the mind and body connection, because I think our bodies are actually super wise and know exactly what to do. It's our mind that gets in the way. And Mm. so for me, it's been a lot of learning how to quiet the mind through like meditation. I do want to get, I'm not currently into yoga as much as I'd like to be, but moving my body in some way, whether it be walking or doing a HIIT style workout or doing some kind of yoga and dropping down into my body. Because in those types of things where you're moving your body, like either fast or slow, you have to think about like, where is my body in space? And it kind of helps quiet my mind at least. And that embodiment practice of putting myself in that space allows me to be more like, okay, what is actually going on here? Or even release some of that energy. That's like keeping me suffocated.
1: Whoa. How powerful is that? Because that <laughs> is so true how it manifests physically in our bodies. Like how many times have we pushed our boundaries? Have we let ourselves to burnout because we don't have the awareness when it's first starting and when you said that you would physically like feel sick or you would physically feel so exhausted or tired that is exactly what happens when we allow people to walk all over us when we don't say no when we don't set boundaries with those around us we end up taking the hit and whether it's physically mentally emotionally whatever you will eventually take that hit if you are not setting those boundaries because the sheer fact I remember I heard when I was first starting out with health coaching that dis-ease is the body's discomfort. It's a discomfort and your body's in disease. And that's how like it happens. And how you were talking about feeling tense and feeling like you were kind of like on edge and in a way, like that is exactly our body telling us what it is that we need to be guided towards and those triggers or activations that we're feeling within ourselves to help guide us towards whatever it is that we need to set in place in order to get to where we want to be. So how you physically felt those things, oh my gosh, that's powerful because I know so many people who feel like that, and then they just brush it off. They're like, "Oh, a night's sleep will help." But then, what happens when you do that five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten days in a row, and you're working yourself to exhaustion? What happens then? And then, especially, let's bring it back to the point that we're all working in our homes and things like that now. Where are you able to escape that at that point? Where are your boundaries to be able to escape the feelings of being overwhelmed, burnt out, exhausted? Where are you able to do that? So setting up a space for yourself is also really key for that because you have to be able to process and work through whatever is coming up in you at that time. And wow, I feel, I felt so many times how you like were able to explain that in your body. And I just, I've never been able to put words like that. So thank you. Wow. Yeah,
0: no, I, I, that's actually the first time I've I've vocalized it as like bracing for impact, but that's really how my body feels when I don't listen and it's, it's still a, discovery process for me like I'm I'm very much still in that process like as we record this episode like trying to figure out what is it that my body needs what is it that I need to do differently and I think interpreting this through our mind is not a negative and a thing to like freak out about like I think oftentimes our minds like to go to something is something is wrong something needs to be fixed right away Mm -hmm. but we can actually look at that as a sign for okay what needs to be what needs to be done differently? What's, what is it that I need and using it as more of like a positive reflection, like those dis-ease feelings in our body is what we, what we think of as negative feelings can actually be really great guiding systems for us. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Feeling that like in yourself, you're going to be able to develop like whatever it is that you need to be able to like say no to people. And I think what you said, It kind of makes me think about like recognizing also the cycles that are in your life. So I've recognized in cycles of my life, March and October, for some reason, are kind of funky. Um, I've recognized the cycle of what happens when I let people step on my boundaries or when I'm not saying no, or when I'm people pleasing and when I'm doing all those kinds of things. So also not only recognizing what you feel like, but recognizing the cycles that are happening. Because once you start to see a cycle of things, then you're able to kind of implement small steps towards changing it versus it being some big dramatic Like, no, I'm done. Like, it doesn't have to be that. It can be something smaller, but it all starts with you. And it starts with that self-awareness and what you're able to recognize within yourself if you're feeling triggered or activated. And then what you do from that point forward in allowing yourself to treat you in a certain way, but also
0: other people to treat you in a certain way. Yeah, 100%. And we, it sounded like you had started to go into it where we kind of have boundaries with our space. There's also a lot of boundaries that need to be set interpersonally between people, between jobs. So let's start going down a path of, of like, how how is it? What are maybe some examples of how we can start setting some of those boundaries, whether it be at work, maybe we'll give like a work example between a friend or someone and then maybe with ourselves or something like that.
1: Okay. Yeah. So honestly, the first place to start with setting boundaries is to say no. Like, (laughs) it's a full sentence. Just say no. Like, You know, how many times have we been invited to do something and like, we know that we have a busy work week or whatever. And it's like a Friday night that we're being invited to do something. And honestly, at the end of the day, we know that this Friday, we just want to stay in, take a bubble bath, have some wine, whatever. Mm -hmm. But we get invited to do something. We say yes to it. We worry all week about it. It comes to the time and then you end up being like, oh, I don't want to go. And then you're disappointing the person on the other hand, on the other side and feeling guilty about it on your own. So honestly, if it's a thing that you want to say no to and you don't want to do, start by saying no to that person. And you can say no in a variety of ways that, is, that are kind. You can say no by being like, no, thank you. I don't have the availability for this at this time. No, thank you. I can't, I don't have the space to take this on at this time. And so when it comes to work, this is a great work example of if somebody, let's say your manager is asking you to take on a little bit more work, you're already kind of overwhelmed with where you're at, say, okay, I can take this on, but what would you like me to take off of the list currently to prioritize this? You can say things like that to where you're being able to Obviously, in that situation, you're not saying no to your manager, but you're also saying, hey, I need to reprioritize if this is something you want me to take on. And it's a respectful way of doing so. So yeah. you can say, no, thank you. I don't have the space for this. Or you can say, okay, what else can I prioritize for this to mm-hmm. make it happen for you? Because at the end of the day, if you say yes to that project, knowing over that you're already overwhelmed, you're only stressing yourself out because you didn't communicate with that to your manager. So I think starting with saying no to things that you already know that you don't want to go with or that you don't want to do is a great place to start. But then also communicating that, recognizing and telling that person, like if you get invited to do something, no, thank you, I can't do this at that time, but I would love to hang out with you later. That's also a really good way to do it because especially as adults, we're very busy in our lives. And after being asked multiple times, if you want to do something, if you're pretty busy, eventually that friend's going to stop asking. So -hmm. communicate clearly that, Hey, no, I can't at this time, but Hey, in two weeks, I'll be free after this project's done. I would love to hang out with you then. So I think it comes down to proper communication of your boundaries once you have them. And so when you're setting boundaries, understand that no is a full sentence No period,
0: and you don't know for me you could
1: (laughs) it's like I think with that also you're not providing any emotional labor on yourself or the other person so in that moment that you're telling them no you're not making up an excuse you're not lying to them you're not making them feel ungrateful or unworthy or whatever of your time you're saying no I don't have the space for this at that time And that's okay. It's okay to say no. A lot of us are people pleasers. It's okay to say no. The reason I focus on self-care so much is because I know that we all care about other humans and we want to help everyone, but that starts with yourself. That Mm -hmm. starts with you taking care of yourself and setting the proper boundaries to where you can serve other people in the best way possible. So I would say start with no, and then communicate what it is that you truly mean. And like what it is that you're truly trying to say in that moment, because people appreciate authenticity. They Mm -hmm. want you to be transparent and honest. And that has gotten me so much further than lying ever has. I remember I was like, I was probably around 16, 17 when I had also heard, if you never tell a lie, you never have to remember what you say. Mm -hmm. So by telling someone like, oh no, I have to do this work thing or whatever, like if you're lying about it, it's also providing emotional labor on yourself and then you have to keep up with it. And then you can't post on your story or whatever. If you have, yeah. a copy. It's,
0: <laughs> it's a whole mess. So yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, but we, but we do it so often and it's so much easier on everyone to just communicate where you're at and, mm-hmm. you know, thank that person for their offer. Thank you for thinking of me you know, means a lot. I can't this time, but think of me next time, or I'm, this is my current availability. Can we make something work? Right. If if it is someone you want to spend time with or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. And I think it's recognizing that, that as adults, we are all busy, but communicating and making sure like people make time for what's important to them we make time for our friendships like you've flown out to Colorado multiple times like I've wanted like we've done so many things that we know that we're making time for each other and it's like just making sure that the person on the other end understands that it's not about them it's about you and what boundaries you're setting for yourself and whatever you're doing so like for another example would be I've always done Mondays are the days that dreams are built on. I will not work on anybody else's business. I will not help anybody else. I only work on my own things on Mondays because I believe that those are the days that dreams are built on. And that is just a boundary I've set within myself because I know if on Monday, I can get all of my stuff done the rest of the week, I can help serve everybody else. And yeah. so that's a, that's a great example of a boundary that you can set in place that doesn't negatively affect anyone else, but it helps serve you in that moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the idea of having that, that day where you just, it's like, this is my day. Like a lot of, I think a lot of people use like self-care Sunday or whatever, but mm-hmm. I love the idea of a Monday because Mondays are great. And I love Mondays. <laughs> That's yeah. when I'm kind of so productive myself. So I love that. All
1: right.
0: So mm. we say no? Yes. Maybe Yeah. So I think that's, that's such a good one too, because I know this is hard for some of you guys out there. Some of you guys might be thinking about like, like vocalizing no. And like you immediately, your throat is like closing up and you're (laughs) like, Oh my God, this is so scary. Like this person is going to hate me. And oftentimes we're just making those things up in our head, Mm -hmm. but on the other side of it, it's like, okay, we've communicated the boundary. We've said the boundary now on the other side, how do we deal with the people who are now going to try to push those boundaries when we've set them? Because I think this is the, the other part of the conversation with boundaries. It's like, yeah, setting them is one thing, but the bigger part of the job is holding them in place mm-hmm. and not allowing people to push them because there will be people. And especially if this is someone you've had a relationship with for a while, whether it be a boss or a significant other or a friend where they're used to having things a different way and they might need some, uh, remembering of like, hey, this is my new boundary. And how do we do that? I guess in a way that's can support us. Right. Cause people are going to be upset when we set boundaries. I think that's, right. we need to understand that, but it's, it's not a problem.
1: No, no, not at all. And when you say that, it's like you said that people might hate you for setting a boundary When in reality, those who set boundaries, the person on the other end who is getting the boundary set, like who is receiving the boundary, if they don't respect you, they don't deserve to be in your life. If they don't respect your boundaries, they don't deserve to be there. And so if they're continuously pushing and they're like, well, you've all this is this is a great example. Mother-in-laws. (laughs) who like their son is like, they've had like such a close relationship with their son their entire lives. And then their son is now getting married and they want all the control over the the dress, the venue, the everything. Like I know you guys have seen like these TLC wedding shows and they are so overstepping their boundaries, but it's because for so long that son allowed that mom to rule his life and to take care of him in such a way that now when he's setting that boundary, that mother is feeling such resistance that in a way she might even feel disrespected. Yeah. And so when that happens, I think when you are setting boundaries or experiencing change at all in your life, you have to expect resistance. You exactly. have to expect resistance not only from the others around you, but from yourself. We are such creatures of habits that we like things that are familiar. When you're setting new boundaries and you're like not giving into things like you used to, then that's going to change things within yourself. In my past, I had a problem with pills. I had a problem with being around people who had pills after I had gotten off of them. So I had to set a boundary within myself of, for six months, I'm not going around these people. Yeah. and that's okay. That's a boundary that you set within yourself. And I expected resistance within myself. I wanted to go hang out with these friends. They had done nothing wrong to me. I wanted to still be there, but I still had resistance within myself that wanted to partake in what used to be familiar to me. So right. there's going to be a resistance from yourself whenever you're changing and setting boundaries, but there's also going to be resistance from other people. So I think that you have to kind of overcome the guilt that comes with it and understand the growth that's going to happen for you in those moments, because in In that example of our mother and son scenario, he's growing into a man. He's growing into a big boy who's going to then support his own family. He doesn't need his mama to hold his hand anymore. And so in those moments, it's going to be hard. There's going to be some friction between you and whoever you're setting that boundary with, especially if it's going to be one of those rigid, harder boundaries that we've talked about earlier, but understand that those who don't respect your boundaries don't deserve your energy to begin with. And there are people out there that are energy vampires that will suck you dry for everything that you have because you don't have boundaries. And the moment that you set those boundaries, they're going to be pissed off. They're going to say you change. And honestly, that's the point of life is to change and to grow. But they're going to think of it as a negative thing. And you're going to have that resistance that comes from people understand One of the things that I love to remember in my life is you are the average of the five closest people to you. If you don't like your average, you have to take someone out and put somebody else in. That is a perfect example of setting a boundary with those around you, but then also respecting the fact that like, it helps you grow at the end of the day. You're becoming the person that you need to be because you're sitting out and you're using your voice on what you will and will not tolerate anymore. And that's gonna help you become who you want to be because people who get walked all over all the time, they don't like, ha- we've all seen them who they're like, I don't know why this happens to me. And all I do is give, 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 and like whatever else. And it's because you have to work on receiving and that starts with setting boundaries. So yeah. I think with that, like, just expect the resistance from people and from yourself because it's going to come. It's part of it. If you build a wall, the wind's going to come to the wall eventually.
0: So. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm so glad that you, address the resistance within ourselves when setting boundaries, because it's very true. Any kind of change that we make, regardless of how beneficial it is going to be for us, which boundaries obviously will be, be beneficial for us. It's going to feel unfamiliar, which is going to cause resistance, which is going to not feel great at first. Right. And so we have to get really comfy with those, those feelings of uncomfort um, in our bodies. And I know for me, when I felt those things, it was like, oh man, like for me, my biggest coping mechanism was food for the longest time. And sometimes it still is. And like, and now I have different conversations with myself. It's like, Hey, this is how I'm going to support myself in this moment. But I know that I have other tools. And, but I think the biggest thing when we're feeling those negative feelings is just breathing through them. Like sometimes we did like, that's literally it. Like, when you want to know what to do, take like five deep breaths, (laughs) Like that's it. And then just sit in the feeling. Find it where in your body and notice as you focus on it and breathe how it might dissipate already. And it's like, oh, this feeling is not me. This does not, this is not who I am. This is just an experience and a vibration that's passing through my body. I'm going to allow it to pass through and we're going to move on. And then every time it comes up, we just allow it to like flow through us. And we're like, okay, here we are again. Let me show you the way out. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. It
1: is. It's so key to do that because as I said earlier, we're so busy that often we don't sit with it. We don't feel it. We don't process it. And then we're dealing with the consequences after it's too late versus kind of being proactive about it.
0: Yeah. And this is, this is kind of going along this whole topic of like this resistance. Cause I actually had a client who said to me like, well, I want to set more boundaries, but like, I want like other people to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Right. And and I understand like this place of where we're coming from. Right. But we're in those moments where we're thinking those things. It's like, we're prioritizing how other people are feeling over ourselves. And we have to decide, like, do I want to actually, do I actually care more about what this person thinks of me? Or, or am I going to start to value how I think of me? Mm-hmm. And you're going to be the only one who has your back regardless. And one of the big things I had to kind of affirm to myself, is I'm not responsible for someone else's feelings. Mm-hmm. I'm not responsible for someone else's feelings. Because that was a big thing for me is, is feeling like I'm responsible for causing someone to have a breakdown, but about whatever I was saying or voicing, but like we had talked about with our triggers conversation, it's, it's totally a them thing. We have to allow them to have their experience and maybe recognize that we're uncomfortable with someone having their experience and just keep reminding ourselves like, okay, this person's reaction is not my responsibility. Mm -hmm. I am responsible for me this is what I need to do for me.
1: (laughs) Yes. And in that moment, if you don't prioritize yourself in that moment, you also don't allow them the opportunity to grow within themselves. Yeah. Like you're kind of robbing them of that and robbing yourself Mm -hmm. at the same time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And with, um, the work that I do with, with intuitive eating and body image, I think this comes up a lot, especially with like mother daughter relationships and even best friend relationships where you might have experienced camaraderie with like the dieting space or bashing your own bodies. That might just be like a thing you, um, engage in. And I actually have a couple of examples for myself and this was like totally uncomfortable, but I had a friend of mine, a really close friend of mine who pulled up a picture of someone we knew from high school and was like, look at so-and-so's body. Look at how much weight they've gained. Look at, look at, look at like, look at this photo. And here I am in this space who is moving away from actually commenting on people's bodies. Cause it truly says nothing about them. And I'm like, okay, yeah, their body looks different from what I remember. Like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And, and th- this friend was like, look it, but look it, but look it. And I was like, no response, but inside I was freaking out <laughs> Like inside. I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. Like, apparently this is something we used to like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I don't know however I would respond, but I wasn't responding because I didn't want that response anymore. I wanted a different response. Mm. And finally she has changed the subject, but was great about that situation is later on that day, we brought up that conversation again. And she actually thanked me and was able to, she was in a place where she was able to recognize that response of hers was actually coming from this wounded place within her. Mm. And she was like, Oh, I could see it now. And I appreciate you giving me the space to realize that this was like not about this person I was pointing out. It was about me. Mm. And so that was really great. But then I had another experience with my mom, and we were out at breakfast, and she makes a comment about a server. And she responds like she just voices, Oh, so and so's gained weight, as many people say. Mm -hmm. And my response was, I'm not interested in talking about other people's bodies. Can we change the subject? And her response was, nothing I say is right. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you keep wanting to change me, right? And that was coming from her own wounded place. And luckily in that moment, I was in a really healed place where that really honestly did not bother me because I knew I was honoring my boundaries and I did not want to talk about other people's bodies. I wanted to talk about anything else. Right. So she simmered down and we were fine. (laughs)
1: and like take those take both of those examples and in those moments you allowed the first girl your friend to be able to grow in that moment by not subscribing to it by recognizing in herself that that's where that was coming from because you set a boundary and in the other moment you definitely had resistance from your mother in that time and you were still able to set that boundary without hurting anyone's feelings and still respecting and honoring yourself and so in those moments you allowed both of them to grow you stood Strong in yourself, and mm-hmm. in that moment, it was that served you so well. Versus, like, a lot of people would sit there and just be like, Uh huh, mm hmm, and like right. letting go. You, know, you were able to reflect on it and allow them moments of reflection on it as well. Mm-hmm. And, and who should be talking about people's bodies?
0: I know it's not helpful at all. You know, yeah. I, I think there was a quote that I read a long time ago talking about how small people talk about other people, and I don't know leaders talk about visions or something, something to that regard, basically, you know, you, and that that's the people I choose to surround myself with people who are going to talk about like ideas and visions mm-hmm. and growth and challenging each other and holding each other accountable versus this more like petty talk. And listen, we're, we're all there. Okay. We all have <laughs> those moments I'm not saying I'm perfect. Chelsea's right. not here saying she's perfect. <laughs> we have our moments, right? But yeah, those those are the moments that really can allow growth. And it also, in those, in those responses, like with my mom, it's like, she was probably taking that as, you don't want to connect with me. Mm-hmm. But really it was like, no, this subject matter is just not in my boundaries. I would mm-hmm. love to connect with you. Let's talk about... X, Y, Z things instead, you know? So I think communicating, especially to loved ones that might freak out, it's like, no, 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 you don't like, let me, let me make this clear. I want to connect with you. I want to be close to you. However, these conversations are no longer going to be up for discussion.
1: Right. And I think that's, that's another great point that you hit on there is communication. So I think that there's three real keys to, setting effective boundaries a you have to create them and then b you have to communicate them c is being consistent with them so let's kind of talk about communicating your boundaries so there's definitely effective versus ineffective ways in communicating your boundaries so in that moment with your mom you could have been like shut up mom like i don't want to talk about this yeah how ineffective would that have been for the
0: night? (laughs) Um, very ineffective. It would have just made her even more mad and it would have made me feel bad probably too.
1: Right. So in that way, like that would have been a very ineffective communication style, Mm -hmm. but in the moment you were able to use effective communication by being like, I don't subscribe to talking about other people's bodies anymore. So you kind of explained yourself in that moment, kind of gave a little insight to where you're coming from. And so when we're communicating our boundaries, we need to utilize how you said, I don't subscribe to that anymore. We need to utilize I statements and you have to utilize things like I feel like. I feel like blank when you do this because of this reason. And when you're able to explain yourself in such a way, you're able to effectively communicate why you're setting that boundary and what it's for. So I feel, let's take it back to my old manager. I feel, I clearly did not communicate effectively. I just walked out. I'm sure he got the message. However, (laughs) I could have said, I feel disrespected when you compare me to Kung Fu Panda because it's Very disrespectful, and I don't think you should talk about people's bodies. And now I'm leaving. 16 years old, I didn't communicate that way, so I said deuces. But I think it would have been handled in such a better, more communicative way if you started with I statements. You started with I feel this way because of this reason. And you're able to properly communicate that to the person on the other side. And that way they're able to accept it more.
0: They're not feeling attacked by it. You're not like,
1: Mom, I don't want to talk about this. Shut up. Like
0: You did this and you, 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 and (laughs) blah, 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 like putting like blame, right? Like I'm I'm experienced, like, experience that as like pointing fingers. Whereas, Mm -hmm. like, you expressing it from the I statement is like, no, this is my experience that I'm trying to share with you. And someone who is open to having a closer relationship to you, hopefully, they should be able to receive that and be like, oh, okay. Yes. It's like
1: in that moment, it's not you, you didn't say anything against her, you voice your needs your boundaries and then it was communicated and so I think that's the like in that next step like if your mom does that again I think the next step was like consistency in that like consistently checking in and making sure like if she does say things like that like I don't subscribe to that standing strong in that boundary kind of taking it back to we we teach people how to treat us if you're consistent in how you are able to receive the work, like the communication that's going on around you, the behavior that's going on around you, the actions of others that are going on around you. If you're able to kind of recognize that and teach people how to treat you appropriately consistently, you're only going to get stronger in your boundaries over time.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. The more and more you practice, this isn't, it It is truly a practice. It's not just Mm -hmm. something you do and and you're like, okay, never have to do that again. <laughs> it's a practice always. And sometimes we do have to check back in in the different seasons that we're in and whatever we might be going through to be like, okay, is, is there some other boundaries that I need to maybe clean up a little bit?
1: Mm-hmm. And these conversations are going to happen over time. If your mom says another thing, I'm sure you're going to have another conversation. And it's going to keep going. I think it's when the consistency comes, it's when they learn how to treat you and what's acceptable as conversational topics around you. And then within yourself, you don't have to expose yourself to that anymore. So your mom knows, I don't want to talk about other people's bodies anymore. And so it's not something that you're willing to accept and being consistent in, in that is going to save you so much time and energy.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Love that, yeah. Whoo, that is so so much. So like, no, with that, you just like killed it with all the information.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. Yeah. So like, I just want to like wrap up that point with the communication part and like how oh. to properly set boundaries is a yep. create them, b communicate them, and then c be consistent with them. The I love c- that
0: it sees three C's C's, C's, of setting your boundaries. C's.
1: Right? write them down. That's a writer downer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> honestly, over time, as you keep promises to yourself and as you set those boundaries, you're going to gain confidence. You're going to gain trust in yourself. You're mm. going to rely on yourself a little bit more and you're going to be able to know who is there, who truly supports you
0: or who's there just for the fun ride. Yeah. Yeah. And like we had mentioned throughout this conversation multiple times, like this does take time and this might be uncomfortable. And this is where it could be really helpful to work with a coach like Chelsea, because she's there and you can include her in your circle of five that kind of support you towards this person you're becoming and have that person to reflect back on. So when you might be freaking out about how someone's reacting to your boundaries, you have that kind of foundation to go back to and like reorganize that. Right. Sometimes we get really freaked out and sometimes just having that, that support system through a coach or any mentor or something is going to be really, really helpful. So I would love for you to share with my audience. How do we, how do they work with you? How do they get your brilliance into their worlds? Where can they find more about all the things you do like self-care central, which I'm a part of, and I love, and I think you all should be a part of it.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, um, two main ways that you guys can reach out to me, a Chelsea Um, that's going to be my website. I have all my goods on there. And then B, as Katie mentioned, self-care central it's on patreon.com/selfcarecentral. slash self central. It is your one-stop shop for ongoing self-care solutions. So we break down the body, mind, heart, and spirit, how to take care of yourself in those ways, how to set boundaries. And next year, we're going to be diving specifically into a year of self-care. Each month has an intention behind it that we're going to be diving into, and so we'll be talking about boundaries in that moment, and I'm also setting up a boundaries boot camp, so if that's something that you guys are interested in, hit me up. And I will definitely keep you guys on the wait list for when that comes out. Cause I'm so excited to continuously share all of this goodness with you guys and like how to set boundaries, because like we talked about at the beginning, we're coming into this new normal. And so we're trying to figure out what that is. And so that comes with new boundaries and new levels of self-care. So I'm excited to be able to bring that to you guys.
0: Yes. And I'm a part of self-care central, so I can just say, and just because I've known Chelsea for five years and she's been a big part of my life that she pours every ounce of her heart into what she does. And that shows in self-care central. And so if you are feeling like you might be all over the place and you need a place to ground yourself and to set those better intentions to actually start putting yourself first and setting these boundaries, self-care central is definitely a great place to start. If you need that more one-on-one support, she's there for you as well. And I highly, highly recommend that you do so. So you are brilliant. Love Uh you. Love you. Thank you so much. I could much. talk to you for five more hours, but I guess end <laughs> it for the people. So I appreciate you so much. And we'll definitely have you on again because we can't get enough of you, Chelsea niece.
1: Oh, thank
0: you so much,
1: Katie. I hope you have a great day and everybody listening. You guys are listening to the best podcast out there for real. <laughs>
0: <laughs> appreciate you, my friend. Take care.
1: Bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening in to this week's episode of the Mind and Body Strong podcast. If you loved this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave a five-star rating and review or share a screenshot of the episode on your social media platforms. This helps even more women be able to find the podcast and move towards their own personal transformation. Or come on over to Instagram and send me a DM. Let me know what you thought of the episode or let me know about future topics you'd love to hear here on the podcast sending love to you no matter where you're at in the world, my friends. Until next week, take care.